June 21, 1791, Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette, the current rulers of the Kingdom of France, attempt to escape the French Revolution by fleeing from Paris. And fortunately for them, they are arrested in Varennes, and the news of their escape accelerates the citizens' revolt. Doubting the reliability of the king, the sans-culottes requisition the crown jewels and place them in the garde meuble of the king, the current Hotel de la Marine on Place de la Concorde in Paris. It is when an inventory of the jewels is made public that many brigands decide to assault the building day after day. Among them, Cadet Guillot Lordonaire, who is nothing more than a common thief, will accomplish the most remarkable theft of this period. Cadet stands in front of the garde meuble. Adrenaline rushes through his veins as he hopes to hit the jackpot. He takes advantage of every bit of darkness to hide and ascends a large staircase cautiously, in case he hears someone. He eventually arrives in an immense room filled with moldings, frescoes and gilding. He is astonished. He has never seen such a display of wealth in one room. Cadet regains his composure, realizing he doesn't have time to daydream. However, in his frenzy, he forgets to be vigilant and accidentally knocks over a presumably priceless pitcher. Cadet stops for a moment and tries to calm himself. Stealing the crown is a crime, and he doesn't want to feel the cold touch of the guillotine's blade on his neck. After a few seconds, he resumes his silent march, avoiding any creaking of the wooden floor beneath his weight. A large walnut piece of furniture catches his attention. It is exquisitely crafted with several carvings of forced animals and vegetation. He carefully opens it, and a cry of astonishment escapes his mouth. His heart races, his hands grow sweaty, and his breath quickens. Cadet has never seen anything so beautiful. He is face to face with Louis XVI golden fleece and the blue diamond of the crown. Hello, I'm Fabrice. Welcome to Fabulous Destinies. In this episode, I will tell you about the disappearance of an emblem of the French crown, a cursed gemstone that has marked three centuries of history and has also inspired many artists, including James Cameron for his film Titanic. Its name, the Blue Diamond of the Crown. From its theft to the curse surrounding it, discover its fabulous destiny. The story of this diamond begins with Jean-Baptiste Tavernier, a true adventurer who traveled the world from Europe to Asia, passing through Persia and Constantinople. In 1668, Tavernier returns from his sixth journey to India, with bags filled with pure diamonds acquired in the Sultanate of Kolkanda. He rushes to the Louvre to show his magnificent collection to the current King of France, Louis XIV. 
The king is amazed by all these treasures. Before him are more than a thousand diamonds of all sizes and shapes. He proceeds to purchase all the largest diamonds offered, including a remarkably blue diamond that will become famous as the blue diamond of the French crown. When he acquires it, the diamond is still rough and will require a lot of work to transform it into an extraordinary piece of jewelry. For this delicate task, Louis XIV entrusts his precious diamond to the best jeweler of the court, Jean Piton, who will spend two years designing the jewel and another year to complete the cut. Jean will surpass himself in creating what is still considered a masterpiece today. And when Louis XIV retrieves his diamond, he is dazzled by its magnificent blue reflections. In order to make it a worthy symbol of the Sun King, he then mounts the stone on a golden brooch that bathes it in solar hues. The jewel is later incorporated into the insignia of the Order of the Golden Fleece by Louis XV, his great-grandson. Forty years later, we find Cadet in the midst of the Garde Meuble. He holds back his joy. His life of misery is over. The Golden Fleece is adorned with jewels, but he lingers on one in particular, a massive blue diamond. It fascinates him, and he takes the time to observe its every reflection. Suddenly, he hears a noise in the distance. Cadet quickly stows the stone in his bag and discreetly departs. He decides to flee France and heads for England. Once there, he has one thing on his mind, selling his loot and enjoying the wealth. His fortune will be short-lived, though, as he has already sold the blue diamond and tries to sell the rest of the fleece he is betrayed by French monarchists, who have taken refuge in London, and he spends the rest of his life in a dungeon. But the trail of the blue diamond ends here. It is suspected that the stone was recut to escape suspicion. It resurfaces 20 years later, smaller but of equal quality to the blue diamond of the crown. This new blue diamond disappears again until 1839, when records attest to its presence in the collection of banker Henry Philip Hope, whose name would later be given to the precious stone. The trajectory of the diamond then takes a mysterious turn, that of an unending curse. One evening in 1910 at the Hotel Bristol, Pierre Cartier, the current owner of Hope, the Blue Diamond of the Crown, meets Ned and Evelyn Walsh McLean, a young American billionaire couple. The precious jewel is carefully wrapped at his side. Tonight, he intends to impress the two foreigners vacationing in France and to sell them the gem. These two are good clients. He sold them a 94-carat diamond a few years earlier. But tonight's sale is special. The blue diamond is, of course, magnificent, but it's also laden with a dark and mysterious history. Instead of being scared off by it, Pierre decides to play on this singularity to seduce the young couple. 
He begins to recount the entire history of the diamond from Tavernier to the Revolution and the Sun King in between. He tells how the shape of the diamond was altered in order to elude the French authorities, and then he delves into the curse that seems to follow its owners. For instance, he recounts one evening when a thief locked himself in a temple in India. His goal was to steal the diamond that adorned the forehead of a large golden statue dedicated to a local goddess. It was a diamond renowned for its extraordinary size, purity, and above all, its exceptional color. The thief manages to seize the marvelous stone, but it only takes a few moments for the curse to strike, and he is found dead, struck by lightning about 10 meters away. Since that day, the diamond has had the reputation of bringing misfortune to all who come near it. This first story and those that follow seem to have the desired effect. Evelyn is enthralled and even boasts of not being susceptible to such a curse. Cursed objects are a sign of luck for me. But just as Ned asks their jeweler friend about the price, the young American woman interrupts him. Ned, I don't like the setting of the jewel. Pierre Cartier doesn't give up, though. He goes as far as placing the stone in a more modern setting and meeting the couple again in the United States to finally succeed in selling it to them. The curse of the stone eventually befalls the Macleans. It allegedly led to the death of their eldest son in a car accident. The couple's separation, Ned's death in a psychiatric hospital, the bankruptcy of their family newspaper, their daughter's death from an overdose, and finally, Evelyn's death from pneumonia. After these tragic fates, jeweler Harry Winston acquires the diamond before donating it to the National Museum of Natural History in the United States in 1958. Soon after, like Cartier a few years earlier, scholars suspect that the Hope Diamond is a recut version of the Blue Diamond of the Crown. However, it was only in 2005, 213 years after its theft, that the theory would be confirmed. Experts use computer modeling based on 17th century accounts, detailed illustrations of the Blue Diamond, and scans of the Hope Diamond. Their study concluded that the Hope Diamond is indeed the original Indian diamond, recut to go unnoticed. Currently, the diamond is on display at the Smithsonian in Washington. It is the largest blue diamond ever discovered and the most viewed artwork in the world after Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa. As for the curse, no new tragic deaths have been attributed to it. In fact, none of the six million annual visitors have complained about it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fabulous Destinies. Feel free to share with us stories that you would like to hear on your favorite listening platform or via Baba Bam's Instagram or Twitter page. We'll be happy to discover them.